Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at the solicitation of Japan was still in conversation with its government and its emperor looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage to American naval and military forces. I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost. That was Franklin Delano Roosevelt, then President of the United States. This was December 8th, 1941, because 80 years ago today, it was the attack on Pearl Harbor. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 2,403 American lives lost, 188 planes destroyed, 18 ships ships that were sunk or damaged. Stuart Goodwin joins us right now, a U.S. Air Force retired brigadier general. He's also the executive director of the Indiana War Memorials Commission. Uh, for those of you who don't know Indianapolis, more war memorials here than any other place in the country outside of Washington, uh, D.C. It's quite a sight to behold. And, and sir, always good uh, to have you with us. Uh, 80 years uh, between uh, Pearl Harbor and today, you work with a lot of veterans. You are, are engaged in a lot of remembrances for these types of events. Is there a surrealness that exists being 80 years later that we have uh, most of those veterans who have a past, very few still surviving, that this just becomes something that's a part of memory? Or is it still, do you think, for Americans as tangible as it was 50 years ago or 20 years ago? Well, first of all, thanks for the opportunity to speak with you, Tony. Um, I think that uh, it's, it is an opportunity. Uh, of the 16 million uh, U.S. Uh, service members that uh, served in this war, there's only 325,000 left alive. And so my father was a World War II vet. Uh, the, one of the best things about this job is that I get to spend time with these veterans and uh, Brokaw had it right. This was the greatest generation. Anytime that we can tell these stories and make sure that they're never forgotten is uh, what we ought to be doing. Talk to me about, uh, you, you, as I said, you talked to many veterans uh, about this and you certainly spoke to people who were there, as, as they tell you uh, stories of your history, uh, your, your studying of history, the experience of realizing they were under attack, how quickly did that happen, that this wasn't something, hey, what's going on, this was an attack from uh, the Imperial Japanese? Well, uh, the story that I'd like to tell you very briefly is the fact that uh, a Hoosier by the name of Paul Kennedy uh, served on the USS Sacramento, which was a, uh, a tender and a gunboat. And uh, he had just gotten off a watch. And as we all know that this happened around 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning, 
Well, he had just gotten off of uh, off the night watch and uh, got got his clothes off and was in his rack, uh, getting ready to take uh, take his nap after work. And what happened was that the general quarters sounded, and uh, he had a place that he needed to be, and it was behind one of the guns. And uh, this guy, I can't tell you, he was the he was the typical World War II veteran. Uh, had been there, seen a lot and had gone on with his life and been very successful. And uh, he loved to tell this story. And so uh, he, he talks about the general quarter sounded, and the next thing you know, he goes to his gun, and all he has on are, in Navy terminology, his skivvies. In other words, he has nothing on but his underwear. He climbed into the gun and started to fire it. And uh, he, he talked about this one uh, Japanese zero that went over his head, and he said that it was close enough that he could see the eyes of the pilot. And he always wondered about what that story of that pilot, we were hoping that he wouldn't get back home. But if he did get back home, he would talk about this crazy American that was behind this, uh, you know, this gun in nothing but his underwear. Well, you know, if, if that would have been enough to get them to stop, I would have taken that deal. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm taking that deal in a big way, talking to uh Brigadier General Stuart Goodwin, retired uh, U.S. Air Force and Executive Director of the Indiana War Memorials uh, Commission. Uh, I, I know you take your work seriously. Uh, there was a lot of effort put into a, a, a rededication and a recreation of the 9-11 memorial uh, that we have in, in, in Indianapolis. Uh, and while uh, COVID took away a lot of abilities to engage in fundraising, and certainly uh, for me on a very personal level, took away from my ability to be able to be of more service to that fundraising, you never stopped. You kept it going, and now it's it's a it's a more exquisite memorial than it was uh, before. Uh, the, the the real, of course, Pearl Harbor memorial is is there at, at Pearl Harbor and, and and the USS Arizona. Uh, what exists around the nation uh, to remember Pearl Harbor Day, and and how would you explain to people uh, ways to to remember? Well, it's it's one of those uh, it's one of those events that really does you don't see a lot of uh, of monuments in that business, but it is a it is a national recognized day, and I think it's like a lot of things that we try to do at the War Memorial is that we just try to make sure that it it comes to light and gives people an opportunity uh, to learn about it. The other thing that I wanted to talk to you about just very briefly was a situation that we had here at the War Memorial. Oh, it was probably ten or twelve years ago where uh, I was sitting in my office working, and they told me that there was a man downstairs that was terribly upset, and he was in the Pearl Harbor uh, display. So I went down there, and it was, a, it was a, a, a person who turned out was a Japanese citizen, and he talked about the fact that this was wrong, and Pearl Harbor never happened. And I said, well, sir, why do you, you know, he said he demanded that we take it down, and I said, well, first of all, that's not going to happen, but why do you feel that way? And he told me that it was during the time in the 70s and 80s when they were actually teaching uh, in some of the schools that Pearl Harbor was not the start of the war, but the war actually started at Midway, and the United States was the aggressor. And I said, well, what makes you think that? Why, did, well, why wasn't Pearl Harbor real? And he says, because it was all about Hollywood, and it never really happened. And it made me think about education. It made me think about what's going on today about people rewriting history. And one of the most important things that we can do on Pearl Harbor is to tell the story and make sure that they understand. 
And I, I got to tell you, real quick. So I, I, I got to interrupt. So he was educated in Japan, and they never taught. They never taught that part of history. What they did, they taught it from the Battle of Midway. And that, because they didn't want the, they didn't want the Japanese, the country of Japan, to be the aggressor. They wanted to make sure that the United States was the aggressor. And so it just tells you about what what can happen with people if we don't get our education systems right and if we don't continue to use these holidays to make sure that everybody understands what the what the ground truth is. When we talk about uh, truth and we talk about uh, knowing history, how much of that is is what you do, whether it's the kids who come through some of, of the memorials, and uh, i got to assume this happens in other parts of the country as well, or, or, or um, just maybe your work with, within, uh, do you get invited to classrooms? What do you find people don't know or have confused about, well, uh, specifically history to World War II? Well, we do that every day. In fact, education is one of the biggest things that we do because we specifically talk about Hoosiers, and we started a rule when we came over here to this job. We call it the 90-10 rule. Only one out of 10 people have served in the military. 90% haven't. So we think our mission is to educate the 90% who did not serve about what the 10% did that we can all live free. And so we spend every day and I do research every day on different parts of history because what happens is it's not even being taught in most schools. And when back in the when the earth was cooling and I was going to school, what history was taught was this is the date it started, it was the date it ended, and this is who won the battle or who won the war. When the fact of the matter is that what is so much more important are the reasons about why did we have the war, not the results of it, about what started it and why – why were these countries willing to send their sons and daughters, their fathers and, 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 uh, and grandfathers to, to war? What was the cause of it? And what did we learn from it? That's what's really important about history. General Stuart Goodwin, Brigadier General, United States Air Force, retired and executive director of the Indiana War Memorials. I appreciate you taking the time uh, and sharing uh, some of the stories. And without question, we're, we're doing our part here. And I know you're doing your part there. Always good to talk to you, General. We've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.